the Wrestling Nerds Radio Network presents. Take a seat and buckle up, folks, because Chad Allen, Shelly Allen, Zach Romero, and Luna Lynn are here to violate your ear holes with more indie wrestling, pop culture, and pee-pee humor than you could possibly mentally or emotionally prepare for. You're here for reviews, interviews, nonsense, and more nonsense. It's the IndieCast! What's up, sluts? Woo! It's a very spooky... Full Voltron. I said that right, right? It is Voltron. Okay, I never watched it. Full Voltron edition of the IndieCast. We could have accepted Power Rangers, I suppose. I guess. Well, I, because I'm old, I usually go fully formed Voltron episode. Yes, I, I don't. I don't yeah, tend to make a Power Rangers work. So you are old. I am old. I'm I okay with it. It's it's Voltron if it's the four of us. Uh-huh. It's Megazord if it's us and the Team Hammerfist Boys. Oh, there you go. Yeah. There we go. There now, we what go. is it if we have <laughs> us, the Hammerfist Boys, Hammerfist and David Starr all on one episode? That's called a clusterfuck. Anyway, <laughs> this is a huge week in the world of professional wrestling. The Wednesday night wars are officially have officially begun because this comes out on Thursday. I just realized that. Yeah. Have officially begun. AEW, NXT, we saw Rusev literally in a cucking, oh. cuckolding uh, angle on Raw. What the hell is going on with wrestling these days? And we're not going to talk about any of that shit. That's right. Woo! We're recording this early, so we don't get to see what the hell's going on on Wednesday. We have no idea what's going to happen. <laughs> Instead, we're going to be a Disney cast. And we're going to talk about theme parks and shit. Yay! The return... The return of the Disney cast, which will <laughs> the only the only genre of podcast less saturated than or more saturated than the pro wrestling genre, the theme park podcast. Oh my goodness! Even to the point that that we have a vlog that that Cheyenne and I watch every uh, every night. Uh, it's a gentleman Tim Tracker who does a bunch of theme park stuff, and he he did a. Uh, him and his wife did start a podcast not that long ago, and they even don't do a Disney cast because they're like, eh, there's about eight million shows out there that do this, so we're gonna just skip it. So, but we're gonna dive right in. So, yeah, so. we're not gonna do that. We're gonna talk about it. So let's start with the Allen family, who recently got like the full blown VIP super deluxe George Lucas apologized to them personally mm-hmm. tour. <laughs> Of Disney Hollywood Studios. I don't know if it was quite that personalized. Uh, but... I would love to say that was the case. We happened to get to stay at a resort with a friend of ours, uh, Saratoga Springs. It's a very beautiful, very big uh, Disney resort. And because we got to stay at the resort, we got to um, use the extra magic hours, which is when they open the park early. For, but, but only for the guests of the resort. Only for guests of resorts. So, in this case, Hollywood um, Studios was open at 6 a.m. That's right. Bright and early with your kids. Already on the bus, eating breakfast. And there, at 6 a.m., we got up at 4.30 on a Saturday. You get a medal for that. Right? I feel, right. Like, I feel like we have... I'm like the girl in that commercial where she rips off the patch and hands it to you. Like, I nailed it. Okay, we got up. We got the kids moving. Um, It was much harder to get our friend Robin up, actually. She's definitely the one that was the slowest out the door. The girls, yeah, the girls, both of our kids, our nine nine and five-year-olds, were both, like, right with us on that one. But, yeah, Aunt Robin definitely needed, like, a cattle prod to get moving. And this was her idea, too. So, But they, they walked us right in. You get... Immediately let in in this wonderful cattle line um, with the Imperial uh, forces, stormtroopers at the front. And they led us all the way through the park right onto the new ride. It wasn't even like we didn't stop. They didn't ask us questions. It was like, boom, boom, boom. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) We know you're here for Star Wars. We know you're here to ride this ride. Just here's a line for it right now. Yeah. Don't even wait. We're going to get you right in. And what normally, you know, could have been a... I, I've seen 60, 80, 90 minute waits to get onto this ride sometimes was, what, 20 minutes, honey? 20 minutes. Something like that? Just long enough that our kids were like, what are we doing? Right. <laughs> so, uh, because I love my children, and they have seen the Star Wars movies, but they don't have the same, like, 
like, I know the intricacies of the inside of the Millennium Falcon. Like, right. we are literally like, I can't believe I'm touching a panel inside the ship. Like, we're losing our minds. And my kids are like, why is everybody so excited? Like, where are we going? When do we play this game? Like, they they really weren't quite understanding of the scope of how cool it was to be, like, on the Millennium Falcon. So... so, so. Describe it to us, since we will appreciate it more than your children. Definitely. So what's it like to be on the Millennium Falcon? So the the, the walk-up is, is excellent unto itself, by the way, because you're walk... First off, when you walk to the ride, they have the Millennium Falcon. Right. Like, <laughs> like parked out there. So, like, you're, you're getting to, to see it at, from all angles, because the line, you know, goes over, you know, in front of it goes uh, above it in the line with, you know, wind, a windowed area so you can see it. Uh, and then meanwhile, it's as if you're in like the, you know, an intergalactic garage yeah. where they're repairing it and working on it and things like that. Um, you hit a point where uh, they have Hondo. They have a um, animated uh, Hondo character who puts you on a mission. Uh, Chewbacca is on the screen at one point talking to you. Um, and then you get basically led on to the interior of the Millennium Falcon. Um, and you get to fly it. Right. Two people are pilots. Two people are um, gunners who are shooting. And two people are engineers who are helping to keep the machine. As we all know, the Millennium Falcon likes to uh, break while in flight. So uh, there's someone who, the engineers who are keeping it running. They get a, a cool waiting area right before you get on the ride, which is the... Um, kind of the main cabin deck of the Millennium Falcon. Right. So like the table where they play the game, the, the, that weird chess game chess, where yeah. you should let the Wookiee win. Definitely. You're, you're sitting, you can sit at that table. Um, it has little hay, hay areas and little nests all through it where the porgs have, uh, been and had their names. That's so nest. good. I mean, it, I have to say we, we are super Disney files. So like, we're really into the whole thing. I have never seen Disney put this much theming into an area. Right. It is like you, you have stepped onto set. You are totally immersed in it. It's like you're on a whole nother place. It was so, like the smells, sounds, all kinds of stuff. It was super cool. Like, I know our kids were probably like, I don't know what's happening yeah, to us at six thirty, seven o'clock in the morning. But we were like, I was just, you could have knocked me over. It was so cool. Right. And they had the cantina. Um, we went in there uh, hoping to get breakfast, but that was a, a terrible idea. We could have gotten liquor at that hour, though. At 7 a.m. in the morning, they're serving they're serving booze. Um, and, yeah. don't th- and don't think I didn't consider it for a second. We did. So. We were, you know, we're parents. We were like, hmm, not quite no, yet. Yeah. So, but, oh, but, but briefly on the ride real quick, because we kind of skipped past that. Oh, so, um... They had our friend Robin and Cheyenne were piloting. Uh, oh, Shelly was your gunner. Uh, and then uh, repairing the ship is myself and our five-year-old Piper. Um, oh, boy. So, yeah. So the- <laughs> I take, oh, wait a minute. I take, my, I take my first oh, boy back. <laughs> Cheyenne kicks ass at Mario Kart. So I can't. That's, yeah, yeah. That was a good choice. Right. No, she was she was a horrendous pilot. Uh, my daughter, like most nine year olds, need practice at a thing before they're quite good at it. The problem is you're kind of put on this this ride, and one pilot goes up and down, and the other pilot goes side to side. Oh no! Except you're also like, oh my god, on the Millennium Falcon, and you're flying through all these scenes in Star Wars. And it's very overwhelming. Right. So even as an adult whose only job was to push the button to shoot the gun, I'm like, ooh, I'm missing stuff. Like, as I'm just trying to watch things happen. Cheyenne's trying to keep us from not dying, which is not her strong suit, by the way. Right. Hitting things is definitely how she Mario Karts. So we okay, hit... And, we hit maybe every building. I but also know. in Cheyenne's defense, Robin's a shitty driver, too. Yeah, neither so. of them were helpful, to be honest. I don't know how we made it through this adventure. If In all actuality, I we could have crashed and a then, thousand times. I and, don't then know. Poor, and then poor Piper, our five-year-old, um, 
is trying because like where whenever something damages it lights up buttons and switches and things like that that you're supposed to be flipping off to like reset whatever's broken um your five-year-old to give the finger yes exactly (laughs) well i take my advice it wouldn't surprise that that wouldn't even be no Uh, but uh poor piper is five (laughs) she she can't reach all the buttons and stuff that are lighting up, and she's trying her damnedest. Now, to... mind you, she is of the height to get on this ride. Right. Right? So she's tall enough to get on, except whoever developed the ride didn't think about the fact that that height means five-year-olds who have little arms. Right. They're little people. She poor, can't reach a button. It was embarrassing. She's trying her damnedest. Oh, it really, she really did try her hardest, but there's points where it's just like, uh, I can't get it. Too bad. Um, so... Uh, we didn't do great. They do score you <laughs> at the end at, at how much money you you oh. make minus the damages, and the damages were significant. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we pretty much got uh, we pretty much uh, had to get put into a work camp to pro- right. probably make off our oh, mouth. Um, but then, but the ride itself is a, is a blast. If you get a chance to go ride it, definitely do it's so. Super worth it. Uh, it's definitely worth the, worth the trip in there. Uh, and then, like you said, the walk in and the walk out are both. Well, like Shelly said, well themed, well put together. I, we both loved it. We yes. we were ecstatic. The kids liked it well enough, and it did not. It was one of the first Disney rides, though, that did not empty us into a gift shop. A gift shop, which was really kind of nice. It empties you kind of into this general square where there are plenty of like places to buy things. Yeah, don't get me wrong. But it didn't like put you right into the middle of here. Make a lightsaber. Because they know they're going to do that to you later. You know what I mean? So I was like, I appreciated. <laughs> yeah, don't get me wrong. They're going to try to sell you that $200 lightsaber. Right. And, like, not going to lie, I definitely fucking want one. Like, I know I'm an asshole yeah. for it. And, like, I could probably buy, like, an actual combat the, saber for yeah, that. The, or the Force Effects ones, which are nice. But I want to make one. It's really cool. Oh, no. Oh. We definitely want to do that. We just now have to not take our kids with us because we can't afford more than one. Right. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah. That's true. You're not going to get two for them, too. Like, fuck you guys. Sorry. Sorry. Right. Sorry, kiddos. We were like, nobody's getting anything. Right. Because that's the easiest way to go. Right. But we got, like I said, that we got to, the funny part is about that area is they opened up this really well-themed area with, you know, little shops and, you know, smaller, you know, little places to eat and, you know, the, the cantinas and stuff like that. There's officially in that area only one ride open, though. It's yeah. that one. It's Smuggler's Run. The other ride that they have that they're looking to, to open, which, by the way, I read today, it could be up to 15 minutes long uh, for the full ride. Um, That's nuts. It doesn't open till December. So we don't even have a, you know, I guess a fully operational Death Star to, to really kind of handle the joke there um, in that area. So, um, I mean, we don't get me wrong. We still end up spending an hour and a half there at least. Um, yeah, but, at least. Um, you know, just, I don't know. They need to put more in there, I guess, to... Yeah, it was a lot of walking around and taking pictures, essentially, once you finish the ride. So right. we did not buy the colored milk. There is blue and green milk that they sell. It I we were told it tastes kind of like good, so kind of tastes like Fruit Loops. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, it's very it's a fruity milk like drink. And but it's not actually milk though. It's, it's not, not dairy milk. Based, it's not a dairy so. based. It looks like milk, but it's not a dairy uh, drink. Oh, but it's supposed it to obviously dairy. yeah. It's right. supposed to mimic the blue milk in the movie. I was just going to say, I... Do you get right from the teeth? I will proclaim... You just stole my joke. I'm sorry. I proclaim here on the podcast, I will never partake in blue milk. Unless I get to squeeze it from the titty myself. Right. Unless it's directly from the source. Un- unfortunately, it did not... I mean, I would have maybe signed up for that. But, right. yeah. No, it comes in these weird blue globes or something right. I, I don't know the the restaurant was very weird but that it that was served in but everyone else seemed to get it but everyone was taking a very long time to drink it right you know what i mean like it was a bunch of college girls nursing that one drink they paid for it was very weird so i was like mm, that leads me to believe it's not delicious right exactly <laughs> like, did you guys uh happen to look at the droid building Area or no? We were in there for yes. a little bit, and that caused quite the commotion because my daughter wanted to build a droid, and we had oh. to tell her no, and she got very angry with us because we wouldn't pay buy a ninety dollar droid. <laughs> now, don't get me wrong; it looks cool. The droids are um, 
I'm trying to think of a size description. Uh, if you've seen, well, I know because you guys have used one of these before. So hopefully the, for our listening audience, they'll get this reference. You guys had one of those really large uh, Pikachu pop vinyls once um, yes. that you painted as a, as for Suyong. Um, the, the droids ultimately, when you build them are about that big, that's about the size. They're maybe 10 inches. I mean, they're not huge. Um, and, and don't get me wrong. They're remote controlled. They're electronic. You can build them from scratch. That all sounds wonderful. It, it looks cool. They've got, you know, like the, the parts all moving around in like a junk line. So you're, you know, you're grabbing stuff and things like that. And I think that, right. Yeah, I mean, it's um, it's a really cool experience, and I am certain that if it was your only trip to Disney, right. like, get one or the other. You know what I mean? Like, get either the droid or the or the lightsaber. We did uh, happen to see some families who were buying both, and I feel like uh, those parents are idiots. Because well, that's a lot of money. It's just a lot of... Take some for the rest of us. Yeah, I, I mean, they're just give, they're they're kind of throwing away cash, because... We all know how kids are with toys. Right. So, yeah. I, I don't know. I thought it was super cool. We might go back and get one, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I think the droid is much more likely than maybe the lightsaber. Right. I'm but... not against the idea of getting it. I just was against the idea of getting it that day. Yeah. Um, which was I was not whole... about to... Think... We were not about to carry it. it. I think you could pitch it as the Allen family lightsaber. Right. <laughs> like put like a family crest on it and all that. That would be kind of cool actually. So Maybe neat. Um we then got to vent we then got to venture into the other part of Hollywood Studios we've never seen, right. which was Toy Story Land, which was probably quite honestly and don't get me wrong, I love Star Wars uh and I love that land. I enjoyed Toy Story Land more. Uh maybe just because of the better rides, uh because they had more rides set up in that section. Because that area is completely done, I think also it's true. a lot easier to, you know, take us in there. And then we had, you know, four rides. We got on in rapid succession. So, like, right. we got off one, got right into the next one. It wasn't it wasn't a hardship because, you know, we were still in the magic hours. Right. Uh, which was oh. great. Uh, I can say that the, the three rides that are in that area are... Um... Toy Story Midway Mania that was there already anyway. That was the, like, original Toy Story ride, which is still excellent. Um, the um, Alien Saucer Swirl, which is kind of like a um, uh, like a scrambler. Like, if you've ever yeah. been on a scrambler at a at a fair, it's, it's a fancier version of the scrambler. Um, and then Slinky Dog Dash, which is their... I, I would... I see. I'm I'm hard pressed to call that a kid coaster. I know it is, it's a good coaster. but it's a but it's a really good. It's actually a really good coaster for for what it is, though. And I'm gonna give it a huge plus. Not only I hate roller coasters. Everyone kind of knows this about me. I'm not a big roller coaster girl. I do indeed ride a fair amount of roller coasters in Disney because they're not that scary. But this one not only was super fast. It kind of scared me. And I still wanted to ride it again. Like, it right. was super fun. Wow. So, by far, it topped my favorite coaster at Magic Kingdom. So, we did Magic Kingdom the next day. And I was so bummed because we had done Slinky Dog. And it kind of put other coasters to shame. Right. Like, Slinky Dog is awesome. Right. So, like, if you've ever had the chance to ride the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, which is the other, like, coaster that usually has a forever weight on it that's basically a kid coaster, not nearly as good as Slinky Dog Dash. Slinky Dog Dash is easily... The, now, mind you, it's not Space Mountain, right. but as, like... It's not rock the, and roller coaster. It's not designed those kind of... Right. It's but, a kid coaster. But as a kid coaster, goes easily the one of the best kid coasters they have in any, any of the parks. All of yeah. them. So... Wow. so. No, what is your favorite coaster at Magic Kingdom? Uh, my favorite coaster at Magic Kingdom is Space Mountain. I mean, you got to go with the classic. Though the best, the best coaster they have at all of the parks is um, uh, Expedition Everest. What Disco Yeti with the broken Yeti? I love the broken the Yeti. I love the Disco Yeti. What's wrong with the yeah, Disco Yeti? There's spiders in it. Yeah, the, that would be like, that'd be like, oh, you know, my favorite ride. 
is it's a small world. My favorite part is the one room where the robots stop moving because they they forgot to oil them. That's my favorite part of the ride. Oh, now that's unfair because the coasters at other parks in Orlando are probably better coasters. Right, like Disney's just, coasters. I just can't fit on any of them. Right, Disney's coasters aren't designed for that. They're like. <clears throat> family fun coasters. They're not really like hardcore roller coasters. So you have to kind of take them out of context. If You can't compare the Hulk but to the, anything else. You know what I mean? Like you can't compare, you, like, I don't know. But here's the thing though, honey. Don't forget, we have, you know, Captain Zack's Universal Tours on the other line here right now. And I don't think even at Universal he would pick one of the coasters as his favorite ride. True. Although the mummy is pretty kick-ass. For an indoor roller coaster. You do like the mummy. I don't know. I haven't gotten to ride the mummy every time we think Cheyenne can get on it. And then we get to the actual gate and they're like, nope, she's not tall enough and I have to get out of line with her. So. Well, like the outside meter is, I think, shorter than the one at the actual at the actual ride. She should so. be good now, though. I was say, you, you gotta watch for the fine print. That first measuring stick is just. You have to be this tall to stand in line. The actual get on the ride one is a little different. I was a little I was a little disappointed. However, the smallest baby can get on the King Kong. Hey, the, small, the smallest baby can get on Jump Scare the Ride. Not a problem. It was so dumbfounding, but whatever. So, so Luna, what's your favorite uh, coaster at uh, Disney? I don't like coasters. Um, but if I had to pick, it'd be Big Thunder Mountain. Yeah. Which I went on all by my lonesome yeah. this trip. I was very proud of myself. Oh, yay. Because I hate Splash Mountain. Oh, yeah, no, so I would far. rather die. Yeah, the rest of the family went on that subtle racism ride, and I went on Big Thunder. <laughs> yes, we went on subtle racism the ride. Um, I literally which was is, in line which with is people out of- trying to explain to another friend from England that it's racist. Like, it was priceless, by the way. Awesome. You start selling tickets to the TED Talk that you could provide outside of the ride about, like, no, no, this is real problematic. Let me go ahead and explain why. I mean, I didn't even get involved. I just had to stand there and apparently be black. Like, it wasn't, like... <laughs> oh, I think that... you. I'm sure there were plenty of people that were like, let's go. I suddenly remember. Maybe not. Look, Song of the South... Constantly comes up in our life. I don't know. I know, right? <laughs> uh, other uh, brief things on Hollywood Studios that we did get to do. Uh, uh, we got to, like I said, we got to do all Toy Story Land, which is amazing. Uh, the girls got to be part of the um, Jedi training. Yep. Uh, which was which was adorable. It's um, adorable watching my five year old not follow directions. I was just gonna say she had to be. Piper was definitely on the dark side, right? Like she was like, mm, I have no use for. She should have been. She should no, but for a moment she almost accidentally became part of the dark side because they definitely went through a whole thing about like, you know, be careful with the weapons; you could really hurt somebody. And then as they were practicing, Piper almost hit the trainer, um, which would have been hysterical if she because she was going to smack him right in the back and just <laughs> oh, missed. Awesome. And I would have, and I was already losing it to begin with because Piper was like half paying attention through all. Like Cheyenne was serious. Cheyenne was, was in it. serious, like, ready to go for this one, uh, but Piper is definitely like, nah, okay, whatever. I'm doing this because my sister's up here. She, like, would barely keep the robe on. <laughs> right. She was, she had her, like, lightsaber all over the place. The, the one, one of the traders had to constantly come over and, like, put your lightsaber down now, honey. We don't need it up. She's like, no, I'm going to kill somebody. So, <laughs> Well, you would have been a lot more relaxed if you had just taught Piper the golden rule. If you hit anybody with the lightsaber and they get mad at you, tell them you had the high ground. That's right, exactly. So, um, other than that, we uh, we met Olaf. We got to eat at uh, possibly what we've decided I think is our favorite restaurant in Disney, which is uh, the Fifties Primetime Cafe. Um, nice. Have you guys ever gotten to eat at the Fifties Primetime Cafe? Cafe. No, yeah. we got stuck eating at like, hey, we still own ABC. 
cafe, which sucks balls. So next, so and someday we will do the IndyCast goes to goes to goes to Disney. Luna did mention that on our last voyage out to Disney that we need to ditch the kids and the cats and just go. We will we will discuss this when we're not on air. Yeah, so but Fifties Primetime Cafe is basically set up as if you are walking to a fifties home. Um, where you are sitting at the like the kitchen table, yeah. and there are TVs set up that are showing clips of old fifties TV shows, Dick Van Dyke, uh, Mary, T- uh, not Mary Tyler Moore, uh, Dick Van Dyke, and um, uh, like Leave It to Beaver, Dennis yeah. the Menace, things like that. Um, uh-huh. But the um, the people that are serving you uh, come at you with like. Uh, the Disney version of like Dick's Last Resort. They're they're definitely mocking you. They, they they're make definitely fun of having you just fun enough with you, right? That you're like that you're a little bit shamed, but also laughing with them. Like right. it's it's a really fine line. But it was it was pretty funny. He consistently told us to put away our cell phones. Right. Hey, how about you talk to the people you came to eat here with? You know that kind of thing. <laughs> At one at one point, Shelly was. I think we we were like taking a picture or something, and the guy goes, "Put your phone away. Talk to your kids. They miss you and they love you." And then, so, yeah, so it was really good. It and was then, super like, fun. But then he's like mocking all the tables around you too. So, but yeah, and you're so you're close enough to each other. Oh my god, you can like that, reach out and touch every other right, table. That so. You, so you're like you you definitely don't have a choice but to kind of be a part of the show type of deal. So, uh, but it's an absolute. It's an absolute blast. The guy that and we had was amazing. Reasonably priced food. For Disney. For Disney. It is reasonably priced. I got a humongous rib, 14 bucks. I have to tell you, that's the exact same price for a hot dog. So, right. you know what I mean? Like, it was a good price for the amount of food you get. So, it was it was cool. So, but yeah. But Hollywood was excellent. So now, let, well, let's tag off from here then. So uh, the Romeros recently, honey, got to go to uh, Mickey's Not So Scary. What? Um, awesome. Oh no, I'm sorry, you did not. Oh, oh no, I apologize. You're right. We we actually go. We're going to the other park. I apologize. Uh, yes, we went to uh, Epcot because it was the uh, final farewell for the Illuminations uh, night show. And That's true. Luna was absolutely adamant that we had to see uh, its send-off. And so we actually went to Disney Springs first in the afternoon to kind of scope out some of the Halloween merch. And then we headed over to uh, Epcot mm-hmm. after that. Um, as a quick aside, uh, Luna bought some uh, t-shirts at uh, Disney Springs <laughs> that the middle school version of herself would have been very proud of. Yeah. <laughs> There's, um... I don't even... Uniqlo, you're, I think. Yeah, you're going to describe yeah. it, and it's going to sound awful. I know it's uh, this giant like clothing store, I guess, but like it's very clearly uh, a sweatshop. Ja- no, it's very clearly Japanese. Um, but it's sort of like the IKEA of clothing stores. Like everything's either super cheap or like kind of pricey. But like they've got some oh, weird yeah, cool shit. Place. Yeah, yeah, so like we've close. gone in before and like gotten some stuff here and there. Um, but when I walk in toward the front, they have this huge display. <laughs> I'm going to sell myself out real yeah. hard here. Of Sailor Moon shit. But, <laughs> but the caveat is, because there's like Sailor Moon shit at fucking... And Hot Topic now. Hot Topic yeah. and Walmart and shit. This was all based on the OG original art. From the creator. And so like, because it was some, I, I don't know if it was an anniversary for it or just an event that they were or doing. Or Disney now owns it, whatever. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, But like... They were the kind of shirts that, like, I had as a kid when this shit was coming out. Like, when it was still that hard to get shit from Japan for, like, weeby stuff. Like, that, like, that wasn't a few years ago. Like, exactly. <laughs> and, like, they were just so good. And I was like, I can't, I'm buying, I, I, it was a toss-up between two, and then I was like, fuck it, I'm buying both of them. And, like, 11-year-old me was just so happy, and I was like, okay, this is all you get. And though. now like, you've relax. got them to wear with your... Yes. Hideous. My ugly fucking sketchers. Sketchers and I'm so that you happy. just bought. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, as an aside, as we were walking out of that store, they had a little pocket tee for the Lion King, and it had like a very interesting kind of color combination to it. And on the pocket was Simba, and it said like the future king of the jungle or something like that on it, which is like, all right, it's fine. Wasn't it like can't, I just can't wait to be king? Was it that one? Something like that. Yeah. It was something along those lines. 
But the picture of Simba on the pocket was Simba looking somewhat concerned while hanging onto a tree branch. And the only time that happens in the movie is when Mufasa's fucking dying. Yes. So it was, in fact, the most literal of Lion King shirts of the future king in about three more minutes. Like, wow, that is a dark shirt. And and then he's king. But by the way, I actually have a fun, a brief, funny story about that store that you were in, uh, because yeah. we we ate at um, Disney Springs after uh, we had dinner at Disney Springs after we went to uh, Hollywood Studios. And we were heading to the very crowded Disney store because, of course, we're idiots and go to Disney Springs on a Saturday night. Um, yeah, that's a lot. And uh, there's 8 million fucking people there. And we're yeah. we're coming around the corner from where we ate to head to the Disney store, which is right by that store where you were at. And this wonderful couple decided to come out and uh, out of that building, and instead of just continuing walking because there's a whole boatload of traffic there, decide to stop like a couple of morons in the middle of the flow of traffic, uh, to which I go, hey, other people are walking here, um, to which the husband yells at me. Uh, well, we're effing walking too, and then it almost turned into a fight, not with me, but with Shelly, who spun around and went, don't you talk to my husband like that. Like that. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> he ran away, by the way. They he st- did. They, he, he walked, he walked very quickly he, away. He was not having I any of that. He, I imagine he urinated openly, and then as he spun around and scurried away, went, I don't even like Song of the South, and like scurried <laughs> off <laughs> to cover his bases. But But when Chad calls someone out, I always have to be the one who covers this check. You feel me? When Chad's constantly writing a check that my butt has to cash. Always. First off, completely not true. I would have completely paid that check if he decided to actually do something stupid. I got what I wanted out, and I continued walking. If he wanted to continue to make an issue of it, he could have easily come after me. But I wasn't stopping. I was walking here. (laughs) Now, Now, before we move on with our story... What is the what is the dynamic of that with you and I? Oh, you get my ass in trouble all the time. What do you mean? I've never done that. Ever. What about the time when we pulled through that that one like uh, hardware shop? We uh-huh. drove through, and the guy like jumped out in front of the car, and the other guy jumped behind the car so we couldn't move. And he was like, "You better not drive through here again." And I'm like, "Jesus, all right, I'm sorry." And you in the passenger seat are like. What a fucking piece of shit he is. And he's like, what? And I go, honey, will you shut the hell up, please? I didn't say that because he was like, oh, you can't drive through here. And I was like, well, it says you can. Like, there was like an arrow or a sign or something. And I was like, fuck you. Yeah, we can. And I think it was, oh, what a real pussy boy this guy is, I think is what you said. Okay. I never said pussy boy, to be fair. And that was like literally eight years ago. Yes. So, like, and I'm you would never... have me murdered if you could. Well, yeah, but like, I don't do it on the rag. I appreciate that. So, anywho... <laughs> So we went to uh, we went to Disney Springs. Um, oh, I, I remember what my question was. Uh. You were all at Disney Springs at Saturday night. Did you meet <gasps> or Mr. see Maserati? Mr. Fucking Maserati? No, no okay. I don't believe okay. so. Mr. Maserati is a fucking local celebrity. He is a goddamn legend in the flesh. He is a human disco ball, and you will see him coming from a mile away. So, like, how they have, like, the stage with, like, the band and the hokey, like, hey, everybody fucking, like, dance or whatever. He's usually dancing up at the front. He's always wearing a giant, like, sequined cardigan. Or, like, a weird, um... Like uh, spangled polo or something like that. Yeah, like, whatever it is, covered in sequins. Like, you know, he is dressed and he is ready. I believe there's usually jewelry. Yes, I'm sure he's very jewelry, shiny. Very tall shoes for some reason. Yeah, and just like dancing his ass off. All by himself. Mm-hmm. Just dancing his ass. But he but on his like polos or, or shirts or whatever is a giant like Maserati, Maserati logo. logo. Yeah. And he's just an older man just dancing by himself. Just doing and it. And just Jesus. exactly yeah. just just the rhythm is taking over his body. And you will know him as soon as you see him, because mm-hmm. you'll be walking by like, ugh, what is this DJ playing, like, generic FM hits, and then you'll see ma- fucking Mr. Maserati slaying ladies left and right with his weird 
old wrinkly body. It is a sight to behold. I'm gonna. We're gonna have to look we're him up to now. Look that, yeah. The only thing, the main thing we got to see on the way out, because legitimately after we pick up what we wanted to at the Disney store, we were gone. Yeah, because it, it was way yeah. too crowded. Um, was a, a guy who was legitimately like a walking piano. Yeah. Uh, oh. So yeah, he was definitely walking like a full like piano around. Playing, I think Beatles music when we left, and we're like, "What the fuck is it?" And we were gone. That was the extent of it. Cause, um, what fresh new hell is this? Right. So. Yeah, I was like, "Look, nothing makes me want to run away more than live music, like right next to you. Like, I hate, I hate everything about mariachi bands." I hate okay. any. Please don't jump out and want to play music in front of me. It's the worst. I'm ugh, ugh, time to go. So, Fair enough. so how was uh, so how was the end of Illuminations? Oh well, first of all, I had to say we ate at my favorite place to eat at all of Disney. Big ups to Huey for also agreeing with me. The polite pig, mm-hmm. which 100% definitely yes. fucks. Mm-hmm. Love it. Yes. Love it. So good. Love that restaurant. That's my favorite place to eat at. It Disney. is the only time or place that I will eat Brussels sprouts. Yeah. To Brussels sprouts oh, at the gym. They're very good. We've had them there. They are delicious. I'll say, we've had just about everything on the menu and have never been disappointed. Mm-hmm. They're outstanding. It's Anywho, so yeah, yeah, so then we went to Epcot. Yep. Well, uh, we, we jumped on uh, the first Disney bus, which took us to the boardwalk, which yes. Luna had never seen. Mm-hmm. So we got to walk down the boardwalk. And then that led us into Epcot. Yeah, because there's like a secret butthole entrance through the boardwalk. Which yeah. Luna thought the boardwalk was adorable. It is precious. I just love the like aesthetic and everything's all like lit up and happy and like, oh yeah, it's like the 40s. And, and like, there's it's a, adorable. a magician themed bar. And, yeah. I love magic. Yeah. So anywho, so we get to Epcot um, and we wandered around a bit because we thought that Illuminations was on at 8. Turns mm-hmm. out it was on at 9. So we actually had some time to food and wine a little bit. Mm-hmm, so we had some nice. uh, we had some yummies around uh, around World Showcase. Yeah, although as uh, I overheard some father explain exclaiming to his family about sauerbraten, I realized we forgot to like I never stop think to stop by Germany for food, and now I'm really mad because I need to because I fucking love German food. <laughs> I was yeah, like, yeah. they probably have great sauerbraten here. Yeah, like true. son of a bitch. Um. So we walked around, we found out that we were way late to the party in terms of Illuminations merch, which, so interesting dynamic here, a perfect kind of uh, encapsulation of Disney's philosophy. They just recently opened the new version of the Sky Buckets. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And have merchandised the fuck out of them already. And just announced that Illuminations was getting shit canned and also had merch for the shit canning. So at the same time, they're like, this is a brand new thing mm-hmm. that we just got working. Go buy a t-shirt. And yeah. while you're there, go buy a t-shirt of sadness because we're closing this 20-year-old shit yeah. out. So I was I was dazzled by that. And the funny part is, we Shelly and I have noticed um, she has two shirts that she owns that are both based off of Dead Ride. She has, obviously, the Captain EO shirt that came from Fully Gimmicked that you guys made her and uh she has a mr toad's wild ride shirt that she bought not that long ago that's obviously no longer at that's no longer at the magic kingdom because it's now winnie the pooh um whenever she wears either of those shirts to any of the parks every cast member in the park stops her and says something about those shirts because they love talking about the dead rides so I, I it does not surprise me that they have more you know merchandise for stuff that they're killing so that they can. But like, they'll only have it for a very short time. Yeah. Because we went to Epcot when Captain EO was closing, and they had nothing. Nothing. It was like so sorry, Michael's out. We can't love him anymore. Nothing. Nothing to commemorate that moment. Right. But. Whenever I wear that Captain EO shirt, it's like a million cast members want to love me. Oh my god! With the captain! I was like, I know, right? So, it's it's weird. Well, I was going to say, um, we found out, similarly, there was apparently a spirit jersey that was Ugh. sold out. And it's super cute. There was cute. a baseball yeah. tee that was sold out, so, uh, so sad. Luna grabbed a, a commemorative cup and, yeah. uh, you it's know, cute. grabbed like some other that. stuff. Mm-hmm. But, to, I guess this is officially becoming, like, here's the, like, insider tourist suggestion, mm-hmm. courtesy of the IndyCast. Shelly is 100% correct. Wear something dead, mm-hmm. and the cast members will love you. 
Because we've had that at Universal a ton of times. Luna wore a Legends of the Hidden Temple shirt. Now, this was quite a few years ago. But she wore a Legends of the Hidden Temple shirt. And a cast member was so taken aback by it that they demanded that they escort us personally past the plebes, past the unwashed masses, front of the line for Jaws. Yeah. So this would have been like 2000... I have no concept of time. Early 2000s yeah. when Jaws was still around. But just based off her shirt alone was like, mm-hmm. get over here right now, you're in front of the line. Yeah, we've gotten a lot of like surprising VIP treatment thanks to just like acknowledging cool things. And then at this trip to Epcot, I was wearing a, a Blockbuster oh my t-shirt. Oh god, everybody talked about the Which was not even shirt. like a vintage shirt. I bought it from Target. It just yeah. has a picture of like a Blockbuster building and just says, make it a Blockbuster night. Everyone and their mother was like, oh my god, fucking Blockbuster, holy shit, where'd you get that shirt? Uh, I I still have a DVD from Blockbuster on my shelf, I outran the late fees. <laughs> like, just everybody and their mother fucking loved this shirt. And I was like, great, cool, media's dead, I don't know what to tell you. Right. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so let's get to actual illumination. So you were hyped as shit about this, it's been 20 years since this damn light show came about. Yes, um... I was a band geek in high school, and so every year we would go, because Disney does a big fucking gay band thing, but we loved it. And it meant that we could go to Disney unsupervised in high school, which was the best part. Oh, I got a little taste of that. What do you mean? When we were sitting in Japan, uh-huh. and I'm having my like big snow cone with the weird sweet milk on top, uh-huh. and you look at me and you go, man, there's like so many places that you could like hide in Epcot. And I was like, oh yeah, I guess there is. And I was like, wait a minute. Why would she know that? Because there were some dirty, dirty children at Epcot on the band tour. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anytime the monorail was empty, anytime a bus was lightly loaded and you could get all the way in the back because there's the little, like, barricade walls. Straight yeah. nasty. Shit got filthy. Um, Anywho. We were unsupervised, okay? But anyway, so we all, like, held hands and agreed that, like, Illuminations was our shit. Like, we always made it a point to see the show because, like, as a band kid, the music for it is phenomenal. Which I didn't, I wasn't aware of this. Mm-hmm. I had never seen Illuminations. Mm-hmm. And as soon as it started up and, like, the big... Or- yeah, the yeah. big, yeah, orchestral fucking swell of music, I was like, oh, this is why she likes yeah. this show. It's very beautiful. Because, like, there's some, like, lasers and some of it's kind of hokey because it came out in fucking 99. Yeah. But, like, it's just always had, like, a special place in the heart. So, like, the last show was literally this Monday. So, on Sunday, we were like, okay, we fucking have to go, though. So, yeah, we saw it. We got to so, experience it. Yeah, it was I was, like, I was happy. At least I got to see it There again. were people crying. Did you oh, see really? that? There were definitely I'm people. I'm glad it wasn't just me. Yeah, there was definitely yeah. people, like, wiping away the tears yeah. as, like, they herded everybody out. Because especially if it's one, like, that's the one leg up that Disney has on any of the other theme parks I mean, ever, yeah. obviously. But, like, you can have those sort of, like, legacy memories. You know what I mean? Like, I remember going through, like, Main Street as a kid when I would go with my grandparents. And, like, there's just certain things that, like, you've had that forever. You know what I right. mean? Like, that show is 20 years old. Like, it, that's more than half of my life. You know yeah. what I mean? That, like, this has been a thing of it. So, like, yeah, you can create those kind of, like, long-term memories. Whereas with Universal, it's like, yeah, I remember Jaws. And then they fucking closed it. So, right. like... Okay, or like, hey, I really loved the blah blah blah, and then they put fucking Jimmy Fallon in it. Like, yeah. all right, cool. Like, you don't really get that with anything else because it's either let either it just hasn't been around that long, or fucking Universal keeps swapping shit out for dumb stuff. Well, sure. But then you have to. Then I have to listen to all my Disney file friends whine and lament whenever they do take something out. Like, oh no, oh no, that was- light show from nineteen ninety nine. Which they could put way cooler stuff in now, like, oh, let's cry about it. You that know, was like, my, that was my that was my favorite thing ever. That was like people when when they turned uh, the Maelstrom, Maelstrom, yeah, Maelstrom <laughs> into uh, into Frozen. You know, the Frozen ride. I oh, had more people, more yeah. right, more people that were like, well, Maelstrom was my favorite ride. Like, no, it fucking wasn't. You stop that right now, you liar. <laughs> Right. No, and like, admittedly, there's definitely way cooler shit they can do. Because even the show that Universal does is phenomenal. Because, like, they project part scenes from the movies, and, like, it's fucking cool. Yeah, which, as an aside... I'm hoping that they get to do more stuff like that. uh, Their show on the water for Halloween Horror Nights this year was fucking awesome. It was so (laughs) cool. They had, like, the... They made, like, the screen out of water in the middle... 
and would project, but then they would project on the buildings in the background. So, like, when the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man came walking, you saw him in the distance, like, walking over the buildings to come fuck shit up. It was super kick-ass. Also, side note, don't ever forget, we gotta make a t-shirt for Chad that says, No, I don't care, Maelstrom was not your favorite ride. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. I swear, I, I swear to God, if you design that, I, I, will, I will wear that to the next time I go to Disney. <laughs> Especially to Epcot, because actually I'm supposed to be doing a food and wine trip pretty soon here. Okay. We, I will gladly wear that and take a picture in front of Frozen wearing that shirt. So well, that would be yes. nice. So, I was like, because so, we we have to go get lamb chops. Like that's a thing. I yeah, have I know. to have it every every. But time. that's over in New Zealand. That's on the other side. So. I was say, what did we have? We had um, some. Um, it was like some Kahlua pork. Oh, yeah, from Hawaii, Hawaii, which was tasty. Hawaii, which is really good. Um, You love the dumplings. I do. I love the dumplings. Um, Yeah. You can get those anytime. Yeah. No, I, uh, there's definitely, like, I'm I'm a huge fan of game meat, so, like, lamb, all, all those yummy meats. So, lamb is, like, my favorite. So, we definitely have to hit Australia and New Zealand, like, every time. And I will kick little kids out of the way for those mini lamb chops. Like, I will... I'm so sorry if you're in my way. Like, it's it's going to go down. Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, that's the IndyCast trip to Disney. Um, we had more fun than you ever will. And, uh, and yeah, so any other, any other Disney tips or tricks or things that we should mention other than definitely do the polite pig... It's goddamn delicious. Uh, do the play pig. Do the uh, 50s primetime cafe. Uh, if you're staying at the parks, uh, take advantage of the extra magic hours, even though they're really early. Um, they do late ones occasionally, yeah, too. Yeah, they do some late ones. Um, but the early ones are, are, you know, though early as all get out, uh, are completely worth so it. So worth it. Uh, especially for that type of stuff. Um, I don't know. And, and go ride... Uh, Go go ride go Tower. Ride go ride Slinky Dog. Go ride Tower of Terror. <laughs> Fuck Smuggler's Run. Go ride Ernest the Ride. You earned it. By the way, do they have his? Do they have his voice on the ride or no? Who? I'm sorry. I I don't I don't I don't know if it's directly if it's if it is uh, Jim Varney or not. It's yeah. I think whoever took over after Jim Varney passed. But Slinky Dog is definitely all over the place on that one. They've got uh, they have a lot of voices and a lot of uh, a lot of cool stuff that you know, kind of little little tit you know little tidbits and and little uh, little hidden hidden Mickey type stuff on that ride. Yeah, it's, if you have tiny humans, the the Toy Story Land is where it's at. Yeah, it's definitely by far worth it. I hope when you get off the ride, Slinky Dog tells you like to watch your step, and then he goes like, you know what I mean, Vern? Like <laughs> yeah, <that>. definitely. <laughs> I would wish they would do a reference like that. <laughs> I but. know, that would be cool. Slinky Dog Scared Stupid would make money. As Only if, like, a goblin fucking busts out during one of the turns. Slinky Dog goes to jail. There you go. I did see somebody go, like, why didn't Ernest deal with, like, why weren't there other crossovers of Ernest and other movie monsters? And the answer was, because they wouldn't stand a fucking chance. And I was like, well, there you go. I accept that. Well, it's the Halloween season, everybody. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the IndieCast. Uh, follow us all on social media, especially uh, Chad, myself, uh, Jesse, and Sussman, because we've all gotten real weird for Halloween. Um, That's right. Uh, Go check out our Twitters. We got, we got, uh, the Twitter machine got weird. So. Yeah. And uh, I, congratulations to whoever won the first night of the Wednesday Night War. Cool. You know, it's I'll be honest. You know what the funny part is? You know who I ultimately, and, and it's cheesy as I'll get out, but the winner ultimately right now of the Wednesday, of the Wednesday Night War, in my opinion, is really is really everybody that's watching it right now. Because AEW, for what it's worth, has done a great job of making WWE stand up and take notice and throw out their best shit out there to try to to try to gain other to try to catch people's interest, which has been NXT for ages now. Um, so hopefully that that keeps up. Um, and then, like I said, I was looking at the other stuff that's going on. The NWA is taping is taping shows in like an old school studio that looks like the old NWA like um, shows from the eighties. Uh, and they're going and they're going to put them up on like at like six oh five on Tuesdays, which is the, yeah, the greatest thing in the YouTube world. Um, which I hope they keep the eighties the 
anesthetic for everything. Like, I hope the oh, God, yeah. don't have to have, like, 80s gimmicks and stuff. But... Well, the fucking Rock and Roll Express are there. So, I mean, I don't know how much more 80s you can get. Um uh, but and um, you know, there's just a bunch of great stuff wrestling-wise going on right now. So hopefully that you know that stays there, and we'll talk about it more some other time when we when we're not recording two days before it all happens. Yeah, when when so, we when we feel like talking about wrestling again, which who the hell knows when that's going to happen? Exactly. So all right, well, everybody, so, thank you so much for listening. Subscribe if you're not already. We're all over the damn place. Um, for our listeners in. Chile and Germany, thanks so much. I don't know if you can even understand us. We like Sour Brunton. Oh, that's true. Uh, That's true. Um, So for everybody here, I'm the sexually aggressive koala. Uh, I am Coculus Maximus. I'm booby fat. And I'm Duchess on Fingerbang. I always go last. Don't look at me. And until next time, everybody, we (laughs) always like to say... Deuces! Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 3,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 100 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at Powerslam.tv. Greetings, everybody. Chad Allen here from the IndieCast. Uh, well, I guess, obviously, they're listening to the show. Uh, here to talk to you about Phil Singer Game. Uh, I know you've probably heard us talk about it uh, before if you're a listener of the episode, but if you're not, Phil Singer Game for over 30 years has been the top wrestling card and dice role-playing style game that's on the market right now. An absolute blast to play uh, if you play the Champions of the Galaxy version, where you can pretend to be one of the many stars from the future and battle them out to legends of uh, today from here on Earth with guys like Andre the Giant and the Road Warriors or to the most recent independent up-and-comers. You can play any single one of them or you can even play them against each other. It gives you the chance to have those dream matches you never thought you wanted to see until right this moment. And you can find out all about it on philsingergames.com. There are hundreds of wrestlers to choose from. Tell them the IndyCast sent you. Go to philsingergames.com. Just shove it in my face. I'm ready to greet the day, you fucker. <laughs> Every single one of you guys has made a horrible decision. <laughs> it's that dirty ass Meryl Street. We are we're touching wieners. Not touching wieners professionally. Ric Flair said fuck a six pack and he never lost an ounce of pussy. What I am is a big, queer, stone cold Steve Austin. Mom, save vagina.